0: Chapter Twenty Four of Just Stories, the Kind That Never Grow Old, by Winfred Hurst, S.T.S. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Who was it? A mystery. Tap, 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 tap. Father Paul opened his eyes drowsily. Was someone rapping on the window pane? It was in England in the days when the Catholics were bitterly persecuted. Far and wide, Father Paul, the saint, they called him, was the only priest to be found. His days were strenuous, full of arduous labors for the good of souls, and many a time and oft he was called to the bedside of the sick and the dying to administer the consolations of religion. On this day he had retired rather early, after long hours of fatiguing work, hoping for once to get an unbroken night's rest. And now, tap, 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 tap. Yes, someone was rapping. By means of the faithful vigil light that burnt at the feet of Our Lady's statue in his room, he looked at his watch. It was exactly twelve o'clock. Arising hastily, he threw open the window. Outside he beheld a youth mounted on a horse, and leading another by the bridle. As the young man respectfully removed his hat, Father Paul noticed that he was a striking, even heavenly, beauty. Where had he seen that handsome face before? Make haste, father, said the youth in a voice so melodious that it seemed like music from another world. Someone is dying and has sent me to bring you. There is no time to lose. A few moments and the priest was ready, the golden picks suspended from his neck and hidden under his coat, Jesus in the blessed sacrament resting on his heart. He mounted the extra horse and away they went, the mysterious youth leading the way. What a ride that was, the earth simply flew from under the hoofs of the gallant steeds. Father Paul seemed almost to be carried through the air. And yet, so easy was the riding, that he scarcely felt the horse beneath him, nor did the animal showed the least sign of fatigue. Compared with that ride, we are told, the midnight ride of Paul Revere was merely a gentle canter. On they raced. Father Paul saw a river before them, a broad thread of silver in the mellow rays of the full moon. How would they cross it? There was no bridge. But a moment more, and the river was behind them, still glittering in the light of the wandering moon. Over thickets and marshes, across plains and mountains, through forests and along almost impassable ways, they sped on. Father Paul, though possessing an excellent knowledge of the country, no longer knew where he was. On they went with dizzying speed, on, on, and ever on. Suddenly a large structure loomed up before them, It was a large barn such as the farmers then used jointly for storing away the produce of the fields here the mysterious guide drew rein and father paul with him to his astonishment the latter felt that he was not in the least fatigued nor was the horse he rode panting or foaming as might well have been expected it was as quiet and fresh as when they began the daring ride this is the place said the stranger guide the dying woman is within you will find the little door in the rear open i will wait for you here and again there was music in the voice father paul dismounted the large doors were locked but in the rear he found a smaller door that readily yielded to his touch he entered as he stood in the semi-darkness a low groan as from someone in great pain fell upon his ears coming from a pile of straw in one corner of the room and there he found a woman pale and motionless as death, covered with blood. Piteous moans issued from her lips. He wondered whether she were conscious, and stooped down to take her hand. At his touch she opened her eyes, and Father Paul murmured soothingly, Here I am, I am the clergyman you sent for. I did not sin for you, she whispered harshly, and I do not wish to see a clergyman unless he is a Catholic priest but i am a catholic priest he said you are a catholic priest she cried trying to raise herself and falling back with a cry of pain i do not believe it it cannot be if you are a catholic priest show me your crucifix father paul took the large crucifix which he wore suspended on his bosom and was about to press it to her lips but she turned her face away in despair and moaned that she was not worthy to press her sinful lips to the image of the crucified he died for you said the priest tenderly he loves you he is longing to forgive everything tell him all in holy confession to me for he saw there was need of haste she was thinking rapidly Then grace touched her heart and with tears of sorrow she told him all the holy words of absolution spoken the priest drew from his breast the golden picks containing jesus in the blessed sacrament and with tears the dying woman received the first Holy Communion that was also her last. The first? Yes, for after confession she briefly told the story of her life, how her good mother instructed her in catechism, how she had been so wicked as to run away from home and join a band of roving, plundering gypsies, how she had later married one of them, how she had tried to be good, how her husband had turned to be a robber, how the robber band had quarrelled in the barn that evening and had killed one of their number because they suspected that he had betrayed them how she had protested against the awful crime how they had stabbed her with daggers once twice three times and let her there to die and no she had not sent any one to bring him she did not know anything about the priest's mysterious guide but the priest had asked you must have done something good you must have prayed that God should thus give you this rare grace of final repentance in his saving sacraments. And she had answered, One thing that my mother taught me I never forgot. Every night I said a Hail Mary and the prayer, My good angel, me defend and bring me to a happy end. First I practiced this devotion out of piety, then through habit. But I was faithful to it. That was all she had said. The priest now anointed her with the holy oil of extreme unction, and then, as he recited over her the sublime prayers for the dying, she closed her eyes and died a peaceful, happy death, with Jesus in her heart. Then Father Paul prayed for the repose of her soul. This done, the fair young guide appeared at the door. We must hasten back, he said. How did he know that all was over? That ride back was the same marvelous journey of ease and speed and miraculous things. ARRIVING AT FATHER PAUL'S HOUSE, THE PRIEST courteously INVITED THE YOUTH TO ENTER AND REST AND REFRESH HIMSELF FOR A LITTLE WHILE. BUT WITH PERFECT GRACE, the SILENT STRANGER EXCUSED HIMSELF AND DISAPPEARED. IN HIS ROOM ONCE MORE, FATHER PAUL RUBBED HIS EYES IN A DAZED MANNER. WAS IT ALL A DREAM? IT COULD NOT BE. HE LOOKED AT HIS WATCH. IT WAS THREE O'CLOCK IN THE MORNING. HE LOOKED AT HIS GARMENTS. THEY WERE STAINED WITH BLOOD. The picks on his breast was empty. Yes, he had been on that midnight sick call. Where had he been? Who had been his guide? Would he hear about the murder? Three weeks later a fellow priest sent him a newspaper from London. It told of a murderer who had just confessed a twofold murder. All the details were given. It was the very case that Father Paul knew vividly well. The dying woman's story and the murderer's account were exactly the same. Father Paul gasped at reading the name of the place. It was three hundred miles away. But who was the wondrous sky with the angelic face, and the voice that had in it the music of heaven? Who was it? A mystery? End of chapter 24